0: Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today on the podcast, we're going to be looking at James chapter 3. And actually, this is a quite controversial passage of scripture, or at least it was at the time of the canonization of the Bible. So I'm going to read it, explain a little bit about that, and then we're going to jump in. Uh, this, this episode builds really nicely on our last episode here at Renewing the Center. James says, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, for all of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check with a bridle. If we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we guide their whole bodies. Or look at ships. Though they are so large that it takes strong winds to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire, and the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the cycle of nature, and is itself set on fire by hell. For every species of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species, but no one can tame the tongue. A restless evil, full of deadly poison, with it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and brackish water? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, yield olives or a grapevine figs? No more can salt water yield fresh. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, I pray that you would help us today to think about our speech. God, we saw recently King David say something similar to what we see here in James, God, about our mouths, putting a bridle or gate over our tongues. And I pray today that we would hear from the word an invitation that, that would come from you, Holy Spirit, an invitation to look at and think about our speech. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So in this passage, there are four overarching themes. Uh, not many of us should aspire to be teachers. That's the first one. The second one, the tongue is a powerful force for good out of proportion to its size. The third one, the tongue is a powerful force for evil out of proportion to its size. And number four, the potential for remarkable good and evil put the tongue in a unique position within the created order. So we're going to spend just a few moments thinking about these four ideas that flow from James' passage here in chapter three. First, teachers. In James' day, teachers were considered social elites, and because of this, people wanted to be teachers. They, they sought the position, even if they lacked the moral or the intellectual capabilities, to hold that role in the church. And I, whether it's the church or not, I think that there's some truth here today that anyone in a public place or an outward-facing uh, vocation oftentimes um, has an, a disproportionate amount of influence. And the point James here is making about teachers is that because of the influence – And because a teacher's job involves speech, that teachers expose themselves to greater judgment, that we open our mouths more or are recorded now, and uh, so you're held accountable for the words that come out of your mouth. And he's saying not everybody should want to do this job unless the Lord calls you to do it. And I think that's probably true in any kind of shaping and influencing position. You're held up to greater scrutiny. So he's simply making a statement of fact that I think was true then, and I think, frankly, it's still true today. And then he asks the question, is anyone perfect? James makes it clear that we all make mistakes, that we all fall short of God's good standards. The word mistake here, um, literally translated in the Greek language, means to trip or to stumble. So he's saying you're trying to make progress, but every one of us fall down occasionally. We stumble. Uh, That's just part of what it means to be human. The remainder of James' argument here speaks to our inability to manage perfection, The image of a bridle put in a horse's mouth reminds us that our entire body has to be kept in check and that we're prone to disorder in the arena of our speech and our actions. When the power of an animal is harnessed, it's finally useful. And I think that's really important for us. One of the reasons why the Holy Spirit wants to put his finger on your speech is that he ultimately wants you and me to be useful to him. And our words, maybe more than anything else, are the presenting issue that get in the way of our being truly useful to God and to other people. See, without a a bridle, an animal remains wild and unrestrained, And some of us, if we're honest, live our lives in an unrestrained manner. We're not as useful to the Lord because of this fact. And so James is bringing into picture, into play, this picture that God wants to harness us. He wants to uh, bridle us, if you will, so that we would be a, a harnessed force for him, that we would be useful to him. The whole idea of Christian discipleship in this context is about bringing the powerful and unruly parts of our lives under God's dominion, and we have to actually hear this. The Lord doesn't want you to submit to the bridle; He wants you to submit to the one who would insert the bridle into your mouth. See, a horse learns to submit to his or her master. The bit and bridle are just the way that the the, the horse, the animal, learns submission. And we have a hard time doing this. We have a hard time actually bending our will to the will of God. And the Lord benefits just like a rider of a horse benefits when the horse is submitted. The Lord, who is our owner, our master, our rider in this context, actually benefits. We bless him when we are submitted. Can you hear that you benefit and bless God when you control your speech? See, the bridle is giving into God's direction, letting go of your own wild, unrestrained tendencies. And when we do this, the Lord is blessed. We become more useful to Him. Our speech then becomes a benefit, not just a liability. What was once a liability becomes an asset. It becomes useful to God. And the potential usefulness of our speech brings us to the truth that our tongues can be a powerful ally in our life with God and others. You know this, y'all. You've been around many of us mature believers who actually encouraged us and diminished anxiety and brought hope and brought comfort simply through the words that they speak. I'm not talking about a timid person. I'm speaking about a mature person who's able to speak the life of God into your life. It's a beautiful thing when it happens. And I just want to say that's the call of God and the plan of God for each and every one of us. He wants us to be the kinds of people who are useful in the way we speak to others. We're actually a blessing. So, from a bit, James turns to a rudder on a giant ship. And he basically says a rudder directs that a small thing directs a giant ship, and he says that our speech is a small thing, our tongues are small comparatively speaking, but it does actually and can actually direct the ship. Then James turns to another metaphor a blazing fire in a forest. And it's really important here for us to remember that James is writing in the style of the wisdom writer. So think like Psalms and Proverbs. James here is using um, like an Ecclesiastes-esque metaphor here to say if there's a spark of gossip or a spark of malice, it can turn into a huge fire. So he's saying, be careful. He's saying, put out the sparks before they cause a major problem. This is why I think it's important for us to be willing to do an audit of our speech. This is why I think the prayer of examine can be so helpful at the end of your day where you look back and you review your encounters before God under the watchful eye of the Holy Spirit and ask him, where did a careless word become uttered? Where did I say something or allude to something that could actually start a fire, could start problems? I believe the Lord wants you and me to be the kinds of people who are thoughtful, and in being thoughtful, we're quick to repent, and we actually prevent those forest fires from breaking out around us. See, James here is speaking to us Christians of the collateral damage caused by small things, small words, small indiscretions, small gossips, a small word of of anger, a small um, hint of malice in a way that you spoke to a friend or a child or a relative or a coworker. James abandons all use of metaphor, and he says, um, the tongue is a fire. So he's like, I'm not going to say anything about forests. I'm not going to say anything about rudders. I'm finished speaking to you um, about bridles and a horse's mouth. I'm just going to say your tongue is a fire. And I'm not going to lie, y'all. By verse 7, this is a pretty depressing text. He essentially tells us, James does, that we have better luck taming reptiles, beasts, and birds than we do taming our own tongues. But what the Lord is trying to get us to see through our brother James is that your tongue, your mouth, you have shocking power given to you by God, both for evil and for good. We curse people and we bless God, sometimes in the same sentence. Blessing is the highest form of speech and cursing is the lowest form of speech. And what James is trying to get us to see is that we do both, oftentimes right next to one another. The contrast here could not be sharper. And I believe that the Lord wants you and me to be the kinds of people who are increasingly thoughtful with the words that come out of our mouths. Not to control every behavior, but to ask the Holy Spirit to come in and forgive us where we sin so that we might speak less in the short term, so we have fewer regrets, a guard over our mouth, as David said in the passage we read just a couple of days ago here on the podcast, and actually see the Lord purify us from the inside out. I think our mouths reveal oftentimes what's going on in our hearts, and so as our hearts are changed, I think our mouths and our speech will begin to follow suit. I find that I have to apologize less regularly because God's changing my heart. My words are following my heart trajectory, and I believe the, true, uh, the same is going to be true for you and for me. So let's ask the Holy Spirit for his help. I'll I'll say this at the end. I think one of the reasons why James was one of the last books in the New Testament to be canonized into the Scripture is that this is a really challenging passage. It's so difficult, uh, maybe even overwhelming, when we think about the unbridled parts of our lives that people avoided, I think, putting this thing into practice and putting it in the Bible for a long time. But it made it, and here we are. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help us. I pray that you would come and open up our hearts to say yes to you, to trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you felt moved or inspired by something in this podcast, an idea, an image, or an impression, carry it with you into your day as a prayer, coming back to it again and again in the spaces throughout your day. Be curious about what God wants to show you. What in your life needs to hear this word of encouragement inspiration or course correction. And be courageous in your response. The Holy Spirit will give you the grace to carry out whatever he places on your heart. And thank you for being with us today. We look forward to having you with us again next time here at Renewing the Center.